Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. great weekend. We have Experiencer Seth talk with us tonight. Uh, maybe you've attended one of her lectures at prestigious conferences or read her book, You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens, or heard her on many podcasts, like our buddy Chris Jordan's Curious Realm. Um, we're glad she's with us tonight, and you can learn more about Sev by going to her website, planetsev.com. Hi, Sev. How are you doing? Good evening. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, we're looking forward to our uh, talk tonight. Uh, I think... Uh, I don't know if it's really planned. Uh, there's a lot of uh, guests we've had recently where I, I think it's going to be a, uh, as you know we talk for about the next uh, hour or so. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, overlapping uh, material you know, uh, perspectives. Uh, that you present that you know, buttress or might tell a little uh, different story, but uh, it, you know when you've been, I guess with uh, Chris, you know you've presented some captivating information, and it, I just kind of like to look at, uh, a little bit at some of these uh, patterns that seem to be uh, emerging from the uh, UFO studies. Mm -hmm. 
Trump. Um, so maybe we should just start at the beginning and, you know, what are your earliest recollections of you being a contactee and, you know, we keep moving our way to closer to today? Mm-hmm. My earliest are conscious memories that started when I was age 10. Uh, from 10 to 12, there were numerous times, uh, so many that I lost count, where I was visited by this being that would come um, in a spaceship and I would find myself outside waiting for this spaceship. And I was always so happy when I would see it because I felt like I was uh, reuniting with a family member. And each time this spaceship would come from a different direction and it would come and hover, hover over me and land and this being would come out, and uh, it was checking up on me. And this being was, um, it was more human looking uh, than anything else. Um, And it was a male, and it appeared that it was like in its 20s or 30s, and it had dark hair, and it had uh, dark clothing on. And uh, the most unusual feature of this being was its ears, they were just slightly different than ours. They were more um, almond or elongated than our ears. And uh, it felt like it was my brother. And uh, it would uh, just make sure I was okay. And uh, when our uh, meeting was finished, I would find myself in my bedroom and uh, I would be like really shocked and confused because um, being in my bedroom felt less real actually than my uh, my experience with this uh, space brother as I called it and I would just tell myself well you know just forget about it don't tell anybody just get dressed it's time to go to fifth grade and so I would go to school not saying anything to anybody uh, although I could have shared this with my parents, but I didn't, and I don't know why. My parents were very open-minded and very modern and very innovative and really beyond their their time. Uh, but I just never shared it with anybody for decades, for decades. And the last time I saw this being, I was around age 12, and this time, uh, the very last time, was different because I was with a group of other children and we were watching this uh, spaceship uh, fly away and we were really sad. Uh, I realized this was the last time I was going to see this being and I heard in my head that it was time to do my work. And at that age, I had no idea what that meant. Now that I'm older, I have an idea what that means. Uh, But um, I just... I just tried to live my life as normally as possible for the next few decades, uh, not really thinking about what it my work was until um, 2017. So I was 10 years old when this was happening. So this was 
two, excuse me, 1973. So from 1973 until 2017, <laughs> I kept it all a secret because I had many, many um, experiences with a variety of different beings. Uh, but 2017 mm-hmm. changed everything. Okay, uh, I'm just going to give away the whole story uh, right now. But did did uh, yeah, you're not talking about uh, the uh, experience, uh, contact, experience of uh, stories. Was that uh, Related to you just didn't want to discuss it, or was there a little bit of a repressed memory, or you know, psychological thing going on where uh, um, you you didn't want to get triggered, which is you know related to a memory. Mm-hmm. What what were you thinking at such a young age? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it was mostly at that young age a disbelief that this could really be happening, mm-hmm. and uh, because no one else is really talking about it, I didn't want to talk about it. And I learned at a very young age uh, when I talked to my little girlfriends about um, psychic information that I would get about people um, that I should just keep quiet. I didn't really get a very positive response. So okay, okay then yeah, that's that makes sense. Okay. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh yeah, I, I was just gonna. Uh, Say so, um, a couple months ago, when Jackie and Bill Kusilis were guests with us, and they were talking about the uh, Silver Bridge collapse in Point Pleasant, that you know, kind of brought about the end of the uh, Mothman sightings. Um, People they interviewed um, fifty some years later, uh, fifty three years later, uh, about there. Um, yeah, you know, they had different types of uh, partial memories. It, it was you know, uh, too painful to you know really even talk about it. Um, it that. Memory recall seems to be an issue uh, for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, know, uh, you know, your friend Kathleen Martin. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, has been a guest with us uh, two or three times, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, we've gotten into that too. Uh, uh, Barney did not want to talk about his experience. Um, then you get to some of the um, hypnosis sessions, and you know, that's dealing with memory. It it it, it really be. Um, 
I think it's a fascinating subject about um, recalling unusual uh, traumatic events. Mm-hmm. We you know, have heard that from a, uh, a few guests. It's just... Mm-hmm. Did, uh, did did it really uh, did these early events um, seem seem like they had had a, a negative uh, impact on you early? Yeah, you, know, you, know, you were just talking about the uh, awkwardness with uh, you know your friends at school, but. Uh, picture or after they started happening um was were there any other negative issues uh going associated with the experiences mm-hmm. uh it was more a fear of not understanding what was happening and not getting any validation from society or from others that it was happening oh. to others. So I can't really say that I had really scary experiences when I was younger. My scariest experiences happened actually when I was older, uh, when I talk about my MILAB or military abduction experiences. Those were scary than my ET oh, contact. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was more just a confusion and uh, isolation. And uh, for instance, uh, when I got, um, I had two X's burned into my back on my tush actually in September of 2017. And it was after the second X was burned into me where I felt like I had this existential crisis because I had to face what was happening because I couldn't ignore these two X's that were burned into my back. They were very noticeable. And uh, just dealing with uh, accepting just a lifetime of ET contact. Uh, And what does this mean? Like, who am I? Who are we? What am I doing in the middle of the night talking with aliens? Those, all those questions. More of a, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know who we are anymore. I don't know what I'm doing in the middle of the night anymore. It was more of that kind of confusion than than really mm-hmm. a specific scary situation. Okay. Well, um, uh, that's uh, very understandable. Um, you, know, you do. Yeah, those photos of the exes are on your website, and uh, mm-hmm. Barbara has them um, on the. Uh, we'll have them on the scroll uh, on the YouTube uh, mm-hmm. ar- archive. Uh, those are curious. Um, <laughs> you know, people you know, t- talk about you know, like the. Yeah, you know, little uh, indentations in this, like a, a scoop mark. Uh, you know, other you know uh, indications that something had touched their skin. What 
Yeah. Is are these uh, two patterns of uh, signifying something that you've been able to recognize? No, not really. Like, I don't have any recollection of having two X's burned in me before. I've had lots of marks on my body, boot marks. I remember looking down once at my wrist, and there was a chunk of skin missing, and there was no blood. There wasn't even a scab. There was nothing, just a chunk of skin missing from my arm, and I didn't even feel it. And I would just look at that and go, oh, okay, I'm going to ignore it. And then other marks on my body, I had like this rectangular um, chunk of skin cut out of my back with four very straight, like someone took a knife and carved four straight um, lines into my back and took out a chunk of skin, never even felt it. Bruises, um, all of these things that I ignored my whole entire life until 2017 with these two red X marks and that made me wake up. That is what made me realize I can't ignore this anymore. And that's why that was such a life-changing event for me. Was there some kind of event that uh, precipitated the appearance of the uh, first X? Hmm. Well, um, yeah, there was a lot going on at that time. That's a really good question because the first ex came uh, the the second night that I moved here to the inner banks of North Carolina. I came here to the inner banks of North Carolina in September 2017, and the second night I was here, I had my uh, first X burned into my back. And that was less than a year after I had uh, a really strange incident in Roswell, New Mexico, where I came in contact with Grace. And this was back when I thought the Grays were evil. I thought they were really bad because I viewed my entire life through the lens of victimization. But I don't do that anymore. So I've been married twice, and they were abusive relationships. Uh, but um, I see now, um, looking back on those relationships, that I played the victim. And so <clears throat> after my second divorce, I realized I can't play the victim anymore. I have to figure out, you know, what am I doing? Like, I'm the common denominator mm-hmm. in, these, in these marriages. Uh, and so when I started to change my victim perspective, into realizing I'm really in control. I am not a victim. None of us are. <clears throat> That's when I started realizing, excuse me, that uh, the the grays were not evil. They were actually helping me. And so that was a big breakthrough for me. And that's what I do with um, experiences around the world. I help them. So if anyone has had mm-hmm. an experience, I encourage them to contact me through my website, planetseb.com. And I will help you uh, come to terms with what's going on with 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 your experience because these are very valuable and very important experiences. To ignore them, we are choosing to ignore a very important and authentic part of our personal reality. 
And if we don't live in an authentic way, you know what happens. There's a lot of trouble in all areas of our lives. It's not really until we choose to be the most most authentic version of ourselves that we can find success uh, and fulfillment and happiness. So it's not uh, a fluke or it's not a coincidence if we come in contact with an ET or if we see a UFO, there's really good reason for that. So I help people discover what that really good reason is. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and, you know, I, I've um, had limited experience uh, dealing with MUFON, and you are an assistant state director for North Carolina for MUFON. And you know, some of the uh, in some of the you know few conversations I've had with uh, MUFON representatives, you know, are, are they uh, been have included uh, you know parts of their uh, willingness to investigates what you know the person saw you know go to talk with them uh mm-hmm. you know go go to the site okay that's uh, uh a form of validation uh you know do some research about uh, you know uh uh you know the um local weather uh you know did report a uh, you know, meteor flying overhead last night. Uh, you know, it, uh, yeah, they do try to uh, be helpful, uh, but you know, they've also ex- explained if there needs to be um, more intensive helping. Uh, they are there to um, help walk you through. Mm-hmm. the process so that you can understand um what uh what you experienced yes so, so and mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. Kath, uh, Kathleen uh is involved in that as well mm-hmm. yeah she's uh spoken a little bit about that I'm a field investigator for MUFON. I have been since uh, 2020. And the past year or so, I was asked to uh, join the executive committee of the Experiencer Resource Team, so in the, also known as the ERT. And in the ERT, there's about 50 of us around the world. And we deal specifically with cases where the person comes in contact with another worldly being. So there's two kinds of cases. There's the cases like you were talking about where we see lights in the sky, and then we do a lot of research. We research military bases around what are, are there any satellites in the sky? Is there anything cosmologically mm-hmm. unusual in the sky? We do that. But uh, then there's another section of MUFON, the ERT, where we deal strictly with this contact with another worldly being. And that is not uh, a very scientific, as scientific as a sighting. Uh, and uh, we just talk with the experiencer uh, as often as they would like uh, and to help them process what happened. 
and to help them lose the fear if they have fear. Not everyone has fear after a contract, but most people do uh, because it's a shock to your system. It's a shock to your reality, and it really changes mm-hmm. your perspective on how you view yourself and how you view your role on this planet and actually your role in the entire galactic neighborhood. Okay, so you, as being 29, you want to focus more on reversing the awkward social situations of just being 10 years old on the playground and, you know, you want to avoid the, you know, school chums, uh, laughing at you and that, you know, teasing, you know, just uh, those, uh, unfortunate situations that happen with younger kids, but you know, you're have been using your experience more recently to uh, be available to help people. Mm -hmm. It is, Do you find that to be a common um, trait after an experience? Some of our uh, guests have also discussed, uh, like Michael Carter has cited uh, probably numerous numerous times uh, about he as well as many of his uh, other people he – uh, talks to um, want to a- after their experience they want to um, make the world a better place mm-hmm. and I think yeah. you know, Bar- Barney Hill you know, might be one of the uh, leading examples of that but you're doing, you know, you're basically following the same. I, I, that, that's just like an inevitable trait after an experience. Yes, isn't that interesting? Because whether we're consciously aware of it or not, uh, almost all of us do. All of a sudden, have this desire to um, help the world, help the individuals, mm-hmm. and help the planet itself. Because we're given information as experiencers, we're given information about what's happening on this planet and how we can help. And I was given information about uh, future fate. I was given information about the hybridization program. And so um, in Roswell, I had uh, this this really interesting experience where I came in contact with these other uh, beings, the greys, and they reminded me of a baby in a tube that I saw um, a few years Mm -hmm. prior. 
and then they uh, gave me information about the hybridization program and how there are millions of people involved in the hybridization program between the grades uh, and, and humans, and many of these people don't realize it. And that's one thing about uh, ET contact is that it happens, most of it happens in this interdimensional, um, multidimensional way that feels like it's kind of dreamy or hazy. So some people think that what they're experiencing is a dream, but it's not a dream, it's real. And often these experiences, they, they never go away. Uh, they're very, very clear. Uh, even decades later, when you think about them, they uh, they spark a deep emotional response, and there's a clarity of memory there, unlike a dream. And so that's why there's so many people having experiences and they don't know it, because our society has trained us to think that when we have an interdimensional, multidimensional experience, to dream is a hallucination, it's fantasy. Right. But indeed, it's mm-hmm. real. Yeah. Hmm. And so many of us are given information um, not only about uh, the possible fate of the human race or of Earth, but we're also given information to strengthen our psi ability. We're given information about the hybridization program. And uh, uh, many of us are debriefed. I think that is what the MILAB experience is, is a debriefing. Uh, the government knows who's having contact. And so many of us are asked to share the information that we're given, and most of us don't want to share it because we know that the information that we give to these particular organizations that are involved in the lab uh, will be used um, for nefarious reasons, will not be used um, to help mankind, but will be used to hurt mankind. And so many of us do not want to participate, and that's often when we uh, then have these really negative experiences in um, the lab. I've had neutral experiences and I've had negative experiences, but I've never heard anyone say, oh, I had the most marvelous experience in a MILAB experience. I've never heard that. So, uh, and the MILAB uh, when is a did... military abduction. So those, those, yeah. yeah. And when did the MILAB start? Well, the MILAB, my first conscious memory of a MILAB experience happened the very same night that I talked with Kathleen Martin for the first time. So after my second ex, I realized I needed help because I went into this ex. And uh, many months after that second ex appeared on my tush, um, I was watching the movie Unacknowledged by Dr. Stephen Greer, and that like lit something inside of me. So I went to my computer, and I told myself, this is it. I have to find someone to help me. And I heard in my head, MUFON. So I Googled MUFON to see if the Mutual UFO Network, which is the largest UFO organization in the world. And on the website, I saw a picture of Kathleen Martin. And I said to myself, she's the one. She's going to help me. So I emailed her and sent her a picture of my ex, and she responded right away. And then we had an hour and a half Skype, and she was so generous with her time. And you know what a lovely lady she is, and so helpful. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. And we've since then become friends. Actually, I, I we 
talk this afternoon. We just caught up and she chatted with each other this afternoon, and she says hello to you. And uh, yeah, and, and, and I was Chris, very honored. Chris wanted me to tell you hi too. Yes, Chris. Yes, I'm fond of him. And uh, uh, she, Kathy, Kathleen Martin, actually endorsed my book, which I'm very honored about that. And uh, after that conversation. Well, actually, during the conversation, I told her that um, I'm really afraid to come out because I'm afraid of the government, you know, the men in black. And she told me some true stories about people who were bothered. And uh, after our conversation, um, I called my mom. And just a couple of minutes into my conversation with my mother, my, my landline phone went dead. And that had never happened before. And it never happened since mm. then. So when my phone went dead, I was like, oh, my God, here it goes. And then that night, I had my first conscious memory of a millap. And what had happened was I was in this, uh, it was like an office um, under the ground. I remember there was down, kind of like a basement. And uh, I was, uh, there, it's always in these millap situations with me, I'm with these young men. They look like they're in their 30s, and they they have these, like, really drab clothing on, and it feels like it's government or military. And in this one particular instance, uh, I was looking at a poster. There was a poster on the wall, and there was this one of these military guys um, standing next to me. And the poster had a um, the flight path of a spaceship, and there were lots of um, mathematical equations. And the guy said to me, or he asked me, when does the spaceship reach the K point? And after that, I don't remember anything. And uh, the K point is a real thing. Um, I have a biology degree from Loyola. Um, I took a lot of physics, um, but I didn't remember what the K point was. And I Googled it, and the K point... I still really don't completely understand it. But I do know that in um, oh, there was an Olymp- Olympic sport that skiing, ski on this, uh, uh, what do you call it, kind of like a, a lift, and then you go up in the air. I can't remember what that sport is called, but it's a really beautiful skiing sport when they jump up in the air and they, they, they they're airborne. Maybe. That yeah. might be it. It's a beautiful I, thing. I, 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 and, yeah. Yeah, and so the K point, there is a K point mentioned with that sport. So um, I was talking to Grant Cameron uh, shortly after that, um, and Grant Cameron is a famous ufologist in Canada, mm-hmm. and oh, he had interviewed him a couple times. Yeah, and I told him about the K point, and then he sent me information about an experiencer who was also given information about the K point from. Uh, the ETs. Yeah, so that was my first conscious memory of a lab where they were seeking information, where they were getting information. Uh, there were other times that they were trying to get information out of me too. And so this is a very common experience uh, that experiencers have with these military-type men where we're being asked for information. Um, sometimes if we don't want to give up the information, we're kind of coerced to get the information. Um, so you 
have traveled to Roswell. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit ago. Um, you also have on your website, um, you know, di- diving down to the Bimini Road. So, um, you know, um, you've had some of these um, you know, unique experiences. Um, are Roswell and Bimini related? Um, I'm uh, could could be, but uh, um, are to those places um, somehow an extension of this uh, decades long pattern of contact experiences? Yeah, that's a really good question, Mark, because I've also been to White Sands Missile Range. Oh, that, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that yeah. that would be inter- yeah, an interesting place to visit as well. Uh, what did you think yeah. of White Sands? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the National Park is gorgeous. Uh, it feels like you're on another planet. It's just nothing but these this really white, powdery sand that you can slide down, and which is what we did, and it was really gorgeous. Uh, the White Sands Missile Range, I didn't like that at all. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Uh, the whole time I was there, I went there because my ex actually contracted with the government, and he had work there, and, and um, so we went there. He wanted to show it to me, and I, it was just, it, it was on the base of a dark mountain, and the whole time I was there, I was really uncomfortable. And in my mind's eye, I could see that there were rooms and hallways and things under the ground. And I could tell that they were doing things that were not positive. I just could not get out of there fast enough. I did not like it mm-hmm. at all. And when we finally left, I said to him, I don't ever want to come back here again. I have also thought about how is it that I ended up going to White Sands Middle Missile Range and then I went to the Bimini Island in the Bahamas and I dove down and I touched the Bimini Road, which I think is a part of Atlantis. And my whole entire life, I've always lived around a major military base. My whole entire life, I've always been very close to a major military base, even today. Uh, and so I see these connected uh, they're very connected. Uh, am I led to these places energetically? Am I getting information from these places? I don't know, but it's not coincidence. And many experiences find themselves in these highly charged areas. It, it, it is. It, it, I think one. You, know, you do an excellent job of communicating your story and you you just said uh, you don't you don't know if you were led to these places is what you've gone through almost like you know uh, you know Richard Dreyfus uh like shaping <laughs> the the mashed potatoes you don't know why you're doing it but is right. that 
I'm not trying to uh, minimalize your story, but it's. I was just wondering if what Richard was uh, Dreyfus was doing was something where you're trying to grapple with some something that you are hoping to understand the bigger picture down the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it is all consuming. So once you decide that you're not going to ignore it anymore and you're actually going to pay attention and you're going to learn from it, it is all consuming because you realize that this is huge because it's a complete paradigm shift. And it's a paradigm shift for our benefit. It's not to hurt us. It's to actually help us. It's actually to help us uh, help the, uh, the human experience, help each one of us uh, deal with being human um, because it's really hard to be a human on earth. And so with this extra information that we get from these experiences and that the ETs give us, actually help us um, live uh, as a human uh, in a uh, happier way, in a much more fulfilled way. Okay. Okay. Uh- that, that makes uh, sense, I, and, and you know the you know when you've been a guest with Chris and you know seen you know, um, a couple other shows, um, I mm-hmm. you present that kind of aspect. I think um, at the geez. <laughs> However many, you know, ten times, you know, Michael Carter's been a guest with us, and I think he's uh, uh, presents projects a similar outlook. I think maybe Wally uh, from last week's show would do uh, probably fall into the same category. It, it, it I think you're, uh, you know, Sev, I think you have an interesting case. It's unique on its own, and you know, we look at some of the other shows and see where you know, there's a little bit of an overlap in this place and, you know, it's mm-hmm. over here as as well. It's just really a, a, a captivating subject you know, you know i'm glad you're here to share it with us oh well thank you for asking uh, me uh, and uh, i really think it's important for anyone who is an experiencer to uh admit it to themselves i'm not saying you have to come out and write a book or do radio shows or tv no. shows or mm-hmm. anything like that but to admit it to yourself because if you're hiding this uh, this real part of you, it, it manifests negatively in every arena of your life. It's not like you can hide this huge, really important part of you and then pretend like all areas of your life are going to be really stellar and magnificent and you're going to be successful. No, it doesn't work that way. If you're hiding something really important, a true fact about yourself, it's important you deal with that um, face on so that you can be happy in all realms of your life. Uh, so I do 
really help experiences come out to themselves if they don't have to come out to other people. And on my planet, uh, excuse me, on my planet, um, on my website, planetsev.com, uh, you can uh, you can contact me and there's a few questions. It's all private that I ask you to answer and then I'll contact you. And I also have a section on my website uh, called um, True Stories where I share some of these stories, but they're all um, very private. I will not expose you. And I also share some of the drawings and the paintings that people have made. I think it's very important Hmm. uh, that we share these stories. If we want to do it anonymously, at least let's do that so we can help other people realize they're not alone and their experience. It, It didn't happen just to them, but it's happening to lots of people, and that really helps a lot. And these days, getting help is easier than ever. So decades ago, it wasn't easy to get help, but now because of social media, it's really easy to get help. So I do encourage everyone to get help. Well, you know, when um, we had Steve, Jackie, and uh, Bill doing the uh, Mothman show at uh, the end, I think it was the end of August, uh, you know, Bill and Jackie uh, were, were discussing uh, some of the people they interviewed um, after the bridge collapsed. You know, uh, they just said at that time in the late 60s, uh, there really wasn't a, a support uh, group yeah, who was trained to help, um, uh, you know, t- say uh, ten, thirteen-year-old kids. Uh, it, yeah. you know, really, the only yeah, the, really the only kind of uh, tr- uh, training in dealing with traumatic events was pretty much just for. Uh, Soldiers uh, coming back from, say, the mm-hmm. Vietnam War, I, mm-hmm. and and, and it, it, basically a lot of people were um, just uh, you know, had to deal with uh, the uh, minister of their church, um, and when. You've spoken at all these uh, uh, MUFON uh, symposiums and conferences around the country. Are more people um, uh, discussing their experiences with you or presenters is it becoming oh, more yeah. so, so uh, it's more socially acceptable to um, uh, initiate the discussion to um, you know heal or to process 
under some kind of supervision, you know, what happened. So uh, that that is uh, happening on a more regular basis. Yes. Uh, In fact, uh, the very, very first conference I ever did was AlienCon. That was in 2018, and it was at AlienCon in Baltimore uh, that I realized I want to help experiencers because it was at that conference. I came out at that conference, and uh, lots of people were coming up to me uh, at my table when I was uh, selling and signing my books, and they were telling me about their experiences. And they were also saying, I've never told anyone this but I'm going to tell you. And now that's like music to my ears. And it was then that I realized, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to help experiencers. And so that was only four years ago. I mean, a lot's happened in just four years for me. And uh, now, um, for instance, uh, in the 2023 MUFON International Symposium, I'm going to be... uh, um, I'm going to be leading an experience or uh, a support group or an experience a workshop there uh, where people can come and tell their story and uh, get help, understanding it, get help from me or get help from the other people who are there. One thing that MUFON does at their symposiums is that they offer these extra workshops for people, which is really marvelous. So I'm going to host a Sunday experience a workshop and Earl Gray is going to host the mm-hmm. Saturday Experience Shop workshop. Okay, and it is that the conference in Cincinnati? Yeah, that's the one that's coming up in Cincinnati. Yeah, we just had one over the summer in Denver. Okay, cool. And, and the symposium, MUFON Symposium. Mm-hmm. is in August of next year in yeah, Cincinnati. It's, okay. it's around August 24, 25, 26, something like that. And it's, I'm really yeah. happy that we're having it out here, like closer to the East Coast, because usually they're more off to the to the other side of the country. And I'm really glad that we're having one in Cincinnati so it can make, because uh, it can get, you know, expensive. I realize it can get expensive to air travel and hotel and all that to keep traveling to these Mm -hmm. symposiums. So to have one in Cincinnati, I'm really hoping that people that usually don't come to MUFON symposiums can make it to this one because they're really a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, Cincinnati's uh, uh, a nice city and... North, Northern Kentucky has uh, a lot of places to visit to is, you know, mm-hmm. cr- cross the river and you know, have a variety of things to keep you busy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just make it make it a sev- several day trip and see see your yeah. uh, speech and uh, the. Uh, is it the Fort Thomas Aquarium? Uh, yeah, there. Mm. So you know, there's there's a, a lot to see in the Cincinnati met, metropolitan area, yes. and you know, when I think we we uh, October September October of 
21, um, Michael was, uh, his book Initiation came out, and and Ramona was, uh, Ramona Scott was uh, co-hosting with me, and uh, they got into a discussion about, uh, you know, these types of uh, conferences, as well as you know, Ramona's program, um, has been a way for uh, more people of color to feel comfortable uh, discussing what happened with them and. It, it, it was. Um, I think Michael made the the point of you know we're starting to see that uh, people of color are aren't really underrepresented. Uh, they just aren't talking about it as much as white people. But um, I, I I thought that was an interesting aspect of you know. That you know, a little segment of the show. So I'm. Uh, it's nice to hear that more people are um, coming forward, willing to speak about their events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me happy too. Even though they might just come to me and they might not come to anyone else. I mean, mm-hmm. that's 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 wonderful to come to somebody, right? Yes, uh huh. And like you said, it's happening uh, across the board, all nations, all races, uh, all sexes, all ages. What are we supposed to learn as a society or race of people, you know, humanity in general, you know? The broader picture of mankind, you know, whatever, you know, whatever phrase you want to use, what, uh, what are we supposed to be learning from these visitors that seem like they may have been here for you know, since, since the beginning of time? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the biggest messages has to do with victimization. And how we've been brainwashed as a society. I can only really, I'm talking basically about the American society right now. How we're really brainwashed into being victims. uh, And to believe a certain way and to think a certain way and to act a certain way. And the information and the messages from the ETs are are telling us uh, to wake up. uh, To realize that our government does like to keep us down and hold us down. That's a very powerful message, and um, it's not surprising then that the MILAB is happening because for those of us who are getting these messages and then passing it along to the masses, the government doesn't really want this because we're we're helping people become empowered, self-empowered, which is not something that our government wants us to be. Uh, something mm-hmm. else Good that uh, the messages that are coming through have to do with our psi abilities our paranormal abilities and how we all have them, but many of us are not um, using them or acknowledging them. And when you uh, strengthen 
your psi abilities, all of a sudden you have access to information, multidimensional, interdimensional information that can really help you in your human life, help you make decisions, help you make good decisions, uh, lead the way to success and fulfillment. Uh, so these are all really positive, beautiful messages that we're getting. Uh, but for a government that likes to keep us down and keep us small and keep us victimized, they don't want us to share this information with people. But it's really a beautiful, empowering information and messages that we, we're sharing with each other. Yeah, um, what would be an example of uh, psi abilities that uh, people in the audience might be just starting to become aware of. You know, you know could, could you walk us through any uh, mm-hmm. part of the you know, learning about the ability to? You know, uh, utilizing it, developing it and utilizing it? Mm-hmm. Well, we one thing that a lot of people are interested in is communication with otherworldly beings, whether it's an ET or whether it's a spirit guide or a dead person. There's a variety of different entities in a variety of different dimensions. And we can make contact with all of them. And on my YouTube channel, Alien Spirit, I do have a series of uh, videos that I created, and in those videos, I uh, I share uh, meditations that I created. They're guided meditations with music and with my voice to help you make contact with these otherworldly beings that can help give you information uh, as to uh, how to uh, live authentically. This is personal, private information, how you can achieve success, uh, how you can feel you're in control, and how you can bounce out of the victim vibe. Uh, And um, that's something that I really encourage, and I do teach my clients uh, workshops uh, on how to connect with otherworldly beings to get this information. Um, Something else that people can practice is just... uh, basic telepathy skills. Um, You know, many times when people talk about their ET contact, the information comes without moving our lips. uh, Mm -hmm. It's almost always that we're told the information we get from these ETs is through the mind, uh, telepathy. So we can all do this. Uh, There are people, if you had asked them, are you telepathic? They would have said no, but then that, that very same night they came in contact with an ET that gave them telepathic communication, and the next day they're like, holy mackerel, I am telepathic. I didn't know it. Uh, and so these are things that uh, you can strengthen. Uh, astral travel, uh, visiting other uh, places on the planet or in the galactic system um, through meditation or through your mind, this is something that we can all do. Uh, and I encourage people to strengthen these things uh, or predicting the future, even though it's really hard to predict the future because the future is changing in every second. Uh, but sometimes we can tap into another timeline and we think that we can foresee the future. Uh, this is something that we can all do, and I really encourage everyone to strengthen these abilities. 
next for you in personal growth, uh, ET, paranormal research? Uh, what's what do you have in the works? Hmm. Well, thank you for asking. Uh, I do have a couple conferences coming up. Um, I'm going to be at the McMenamin's uh, UFO Festival in Oregon. That's in May. And then I will be at the MUFON International Symposium in uh, Cincinnati. That's in August. And there's a couple other conferences that are, that are in the works. Uh, um, I'm starting my second book. And I'm really focusing more than ever on helping experiences and the messages that the experiences are getting. And I'm compiling these messages, and I want to share them uh, because I really hope they're going to trans. I really believe that these messages are going to help transform our reality in a much um, better way. Uh, It's a big uh, benefit for us. I really think that... um, uh, it's getting easier and easier to talk about these things. Now you can turn on the news and there's news about UFOs, whereas 10, 15 mm-hmm. years ago we didn't see that. So a lot's happening very, very, very quickly, uh, which is all really good. The government's still hiding a lot, uh, but that's not a surprise. But at least it's not right. as cuckoo wacko to talk about as it was um, just five years ago. Mm-hmm. That's a good, a good, good point. Yeah. So. If we, uh... Do you want to give out your website and um, any um, um, uh, you know uh, you know title of your book and you know where people can get it and you know, I'll, I'll I'll let you get get back to uh, f- finishing your business day uh, but I I just wanted to I get give you that. Uh, opportunity uh you know plug your website and where to get your books and uh thank you for being such a fantastic guest and we'll have to do this Aww, again thank you i would love to i'm honored to be your guest thank you for asking me so my website is planetsev.com and the reason i call it planet sev is because there's actually a planet and a star system named after me in the star wars galactic system the planet Sev Talk and the star system Sev Talk. Uh, and for anyone who watches Star Wars Andor, which is a very popular show on TV, recently on one of their, um, <coughs> excuse me, last episodes, they mentioned uh, the planet Sev Talk. And I heard from a lot of people, and they think it's a coincidence that my name is Sev Talk and there's a planet Sev Talk. They don't realize that actually the planet and the star system was named after me. Uh, so that's a cool thing. I have a friend of mine who was an author who wrote a short story for Star Wars, and then he introduced. He said he was going to name a planet after me, and I thought he was kidding, but he wasn't, and he did. So now uh, he's giving me the gift of immortality and the Star Wars galactic system. Uh, Good for you. And, uh, you deserve uh, it. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so I also have my YouTube channel, uh, Alien Spirit. And I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. I'm really easy to find. Um, my book is called You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens, and it's available on Amazon. Okay. That sounds mm-hmm. uh, ter- terrific. Uh, thank you. I want to th- uh, th- thank you again for 
the terrific show, and thank you, Chris, for highly recommending Sav. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, you need to get uh, wrap up a couple things. And you know, I, uh, thank you again. We will uh, keep in touch, and yeah. uh, you're welcome to come come back. Uh, thank you. And the uh, uh, you know the Amazon link is on the uh, you know, Barbara's uh, website as well, so it you know, uh, it, it, people can easily get the book. So, um, mm-hmm. th- so so I just wanted to thank you again, Sev, for. Uh, being a great guest, and uh, we will uh, do this again sometime soon. And I appreciate you uh, being so open about your experiences. And hopefully, a forum like Nightlight is helping to yeah. raise awareness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I, you are. You you you're doing. Yeah. Uh, what you're doing is really important work, and I'm so grateful for what you're doing and what Barbara's doing. And I thank you very much for including me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And 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 uh, uh, um, I think Barbara has a show Thursday morning, like at 9 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. Um, Listeners are going to be up that early. Have a <laughs> fascinating show, and okay. next Tuesday I have Ryan Peterson on. So uh, that'll be another interesting uh, lead up to Christmas. But yeah, we got some good messages today about uh, uplifting uh, topics mm. uh, during the holiday season greater awareness and I I think it all it's all so many pieces are coming together yes yes all right so I I think we'll uh, uh, wrap the show now and I appreciate you being a guest Sev, and uh, we will have you back sometime soon and uh, keep keep us posted about it. Uh, everything that is going on with you and look forward to the next time. 